0: we've been talking about how to build a foundation of an effective prayer life in your life. So we're laying a foundation. If you'll notice, we've talked a lot about the importance of prayer, the power of prayer, but it's been under the context, really, of how to develop fervency in prayer, how to be in the, have the right heart. You know, we believe in this series that the Holy Spirit is going to bring revelation on not only the principles of prayer from the Word of God, but also the mechanics of prayer, how the principles work, but most importantly, the spirit of, a, of, a, of an effective prayer life, the spirit that we have as we just passionately pursue God and commune with Him, inviting Him into the earth, bringing heaven into this realm, Amen? That's what it's all about. Tonight, I want to take some time and I want to talk to you. Last week, we kind of laid a little bit of a foundation of of some principles of an effective prayer life. The next real thing I want to talk about here is the Holy Spirit's help in prayer. So we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit tonight, about how that we need Him. So let's go to our foundational scripture. Go to Ephesians chapter 6. In verse 18, we're going to read that and then we'll launch off and we'll just jump right into this. We're going, to, we're going to learn some things about the Holy Spirit tonight that'll help you in your prayer life. We're setting the stage so that next week we could start getting into, okay, how do I pray about the needs that I have in my life? So we're going to talk a lot about that next week. Look right at the Word of God because listen, He wants you to just spend the time, He'll stir you, to know how to pray for any need that you'd have in your life, to solidify that, to be done with that so that you can now move on and walk out your life with purpose, knowing that you've just called for, required, made a demand for these needs. There's a way to do it. But before that, we want to talk about, we need some more, um, some more foundation here, the help of the Holy Spirit in prayer. So we see this in Ephesians 6. Now remember, it started in verse 10, where, where Paul goes, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Then he talked about putting on the whole armor of God so that we would be able to stand in the evil day, which that's every day on this earth, right? So we learn that this, this armor is actually revelation knowledge that we gain That that as we meditate in the word day and night, as we put his word first place, as we give it our undivided attention, as we walk with God, this armor manifests upon us. And what we learn, verse 18, the purpose of this armor is to prepare us now to pray. Okay? So it says in verse 18, praying always with all prayer. The Amplified Translation brings out the Greek, and we talked a lot about this, it it brings out the Greek by saying, praying always with all manner of prayer and supplication in the Spirit. And Weymouth's translation brings out the Greek rendering of that too. Pray all manner of prayer and supplication stirred or orchestrated by the Spirit. And that's what we're gonna talk about tonight. The Holy Spirit It's how he helps us to pray. He will orchestrate your whole prayer life. Have you ever tried praying in your own strength? Right? It's it's just, it's not worth it. It's toil. But it's rest when you're working out what he's working in. All manner of prayer and supplication stirred by the Spirit and watching thereunto, with all perseverance. In other words, we're to be on alert and supplication for all saints. James 5:16 was another scripture that we said. You don't have to turn there, I'll just read the end of that verse. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The amplified translation brings out the Greek meaning of this. It literally finishes that verse by saying, the earnest. Heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available dynamic in its working. Prayer is powerful. Prayer is important because it brings, it brings God right on the scene in your life. And I'm telling you, God wants to take you from just your life to the people around you to the city around you, to your world, to the region, to the state, to the nation, and to the world. He wants to just continue to help you grow because we are down here to to be used by God as we walk out God's plan for our life so that his glory covers this earth as the waters cover uh, cover the seas. So now, jump back to Romans chapter 8. And let's start to talk about the help of the Holy Spirit in prayer. Romans chapter eight. We're going to look at verse fourteen. We've glanced at verse fourteen uh, a little bit, but we're just going to we're going to launch off here, and we're going to talk about some scriptures, uh, and especially in the Gospel of John, because it, it really brings out what the Holy Spirit's to do in our life. It says, "For as many verse uh, Romans eight fourteen for as many as are led." By the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For as many as are led, this is the Greek word ago. It was a farming term where it it gave you the picture of a farmer tying a rope around an animal and leading them. Satan always drives. God is not a cowboy, he's a shepherd. He leads, right? So the Holy Spirit. He will lead you. The Bible says he'll lead you. So that we call this this unction, this inner knowing that we have. It's as if we've got a rope tied around our spirit. And if we try to go a way that he's not going, there's just something on the inside of us that'll know that's not right. And it says here, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. This word sons of God means the mature coming of age sons of god god wants us to grow he wants our lives are to be marked by spiritual maturity right the mature believer speaks the truth of god or the word of god in the love of god we we got to wean ourselves off just milk right we don't want to be children tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine we want to be mature believers where now we are we're being guided by the Holy Spirit. Why? Because we're sensitive to him. We know his voice. As I meditate in the word of God, I get to know his voice. So as he's leading me in the written word of God, I know the voice. So when he starts speaking to me specifically about my life, the revealed will of God, I know his voice. So we're always to know his voice. In verse 16, it kind of tells us how this whole thing works. It says, the Spirit himself, the King James says itself, I I always, you know, it's the Greek word autos, it's himself. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are what? The sons of God. He's going to bear witness with us that we are a children of God. So he's going to tell you if, if anything's going on in your life that's not of his, he's going to bear witness. Don't put up with that. You're a child of God, right? There's sickness in your body. There's lack trying to get in your life. The Thoughts are coming. Anxiety, fear. No, don't let that stuff in your life. He's going to lead you. He's going to bear witness with your heart that you're a child of God. See, you don't hear this audible voice go off on the inside of you. Hey, you're a child of God, Tony. no something rises up inside of you, He, a scripture will come up, right? Whenever I'm feeling weak, Ephesians comes up. I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. What he's telling me is you're a child of God. This is your truth. You can do all things, Tony, because you believe, right? So, so this is how he does it. He bears witness with our spirit. He doesn't talk to our mind ever. Satan talks to your mind. He will communicate to your spirit man. He'll lead you from the inside. We are never to be moved or led from the outside. Oh, we can enjoy things from the outside, but we're not moved by them. My source of pleasure, satisfaction is Him. It's not things Because it's him, I could enjoy things because things will never have me. I could have them without them having me. Does that make sense? Because if things start to be your fulfillment, what happens when you don't have things? Or even worse, what happens when you could have a lot of things? And all of a sudden, I can't go to church because I got this cabin. And, uh, you know, I got this and I've got that. And, oh, my gosh, I'm even stressed out. What what car do I drive today? Right? You know, I got to go here and there and here and there. And all the time the Lord's going, hey, hold on a second. You know, I've got some work for you to do down here. But, oh, if you'll follow him, you'll enjoy all of that while you're serving him and walking out God's plan for your life. So it says here in verse 26, if you jump all the way down, it says, likewise, that would mean in the Greek language, it means in the same manner, the Spirit, talking about the Holy Spirit, also helps our infirmities. This word helps literally means the the Holy Spirit will take hold together with me against my infirmities. This is the Greek word, which means weaknesses. It doesn't mean sicknesses. It means weaknesses. Okay? And then he's going to define what my weaknesses are. I have multiple weaknesses. I have new weaknesses that come up pretty much every day. And they all fall into one category. You should see your guys' faces right now. But did the pastor just say we have weaknesses? Right? Here it is. They're all under the umbrella. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. You might think you know. But the Holy Spirit knows. See, sometimes you can think that I've got this body part that's hurting But he knows that's being caused by something else. Or you might think, I need to pray for my son or my daughter because they're going through this, but the Holy Spirit will say, you pray this way. Because with God, he doesn't deal with symptoms. There's no waste in him. He goes right to the source. So it's really awesome when you come to realize Okay, I do not know how to pray. Isn't that awesome? You're coming here tonight to hear a series on prayer from a pastor that doesn't know how to pray as he ought. Wow. Lock the doors. People, are no, I'm just teasing. But here's the thing. None of us do. This is why I must completely rely on the help of the Holy Ghost. He is the one that will always keep me ahead of everything in life. He's already in your tomorrow, your next week, your next year. He's already there. He's already prepared a table that has everything on it. And now how we access all of this is he will orchestrate this communing with God so that everything is there just right on time for you all the time. So that you're the head and not the tail. So that you're above only and not beneath. Always. Isn't that good news? So this is really good. It says, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings. In the Greek, that that word literally means divine utterance. He's talking about tongues, which cannot be uttered. It's real interesting, and I said this last time, if you look at verse 14 and verse 16, he's talking about the Holy Spirit leading you before in verse 26 he talks about prayer. You see how that comes first? We must if you want to have an effective prayer life, you have to yield yourself to the Holy Spirit. He's going to abide with you forever and oh is he precious. He is enthusiastic. We're going to talk about, I mean, he, his emotions literally change your whole environment. When he comes in there, you can go from, I'm just not happy. But when he stirs you to be happy, because he's happy, the whole environment changes. It's wonderful. Again, how am I living now like a tree planted by rivers of water? My leaf never withers. Why? Because he's in me. He's with me. Right? So let's go on with this. Verse 26. Many times in prayer, you got to have the Holy Spirit. He must reveal something to you so that you know how to pray. Right? Many times he'll bring up a, 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 an ideal scripture. And all of a sudden you'll start meditating in that scripture And instantly you'll just go, this is how I need to pray. This happens to me all the time as a pastor. Because I'm sitting here, I am supposed to lead and guide the church that God has set me to be the shepherd of. Right? Follow me as I follow Christ. I'm supposed to love you with the love of God and feed you knowledge of God's, of who God is, and also understanding how to apply his word to your life, to to equip you to go do your thing, to go walk out your path. Well, how do I do that? So all day long, the Lord will bring people up. I look at our church list as I'm praying, and and God will always have me ready to pray for people in in the way that I should. And that's why I pray in the spirit a lot, because I know I'm praying the perfect will of God. But I do that as he stirs me. As he stirs me. It's always as he stirs me. See, sometimes your answer to prayer is dependent upon supernatural information from the Holy Ghost. So that's why if I just came here and taught you principles only, great. You can go home and you think, wow, Pastor Tony is such an incredible teacher. I learned all these little nuggets. And But then if you actually took a look at your life six months from now, you would say, but it was just another series. But that's not what we want. We want to We, we want to sit here six months from now going, man, I, I know how to commune with my Father. I know how to just talk and bring Jesus into my life. I know how to be led by the Spirit of God, how he's orchestrating and stirring me. Now I'm, 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 I'm not this horse now that has a bridle in my mouth where he's going, come on, go this way, go this way. No, no, now I'm rein trained. So he just moves me just a little bit and I'm going because I know him. That's what we want. Surrendering to the Holy Spirit's leading always is the foundation that will build an effective prayer life in your life. You have to surrender to his leading. So you'll have to get over yourself. That, that's okay. Getting over yourself is a really good thing. Your, your flesh hates it, but your spirit, your life, if you're a man, your wife loves it. If you're a woman, your husband will love it, right? All your friends will love it. See, many times what happens if we don't surrender to his leading, we'll find that we're praying incorrectly. You know what praying incorrectly is? Now, there's, there's ridiculous praying. Oh, God, I'm sick. Please heal me if it be your will. That's not, that, that's praying in a manner that's just not even biblical. But praying in, you know, you guys know what the will of God is if you've been around here for any stretch of time, right? Because we, we constantly, it is written, it is written, it is written. We're, we're all over the Bible. But this is an incorrect prayer where you're over here trying to pray something out when the Holy Spirit needs you to be over here. So we, we need to be, when you follow his lead, you're always in the right place at the right time with the right heart doing the right thing so he can lead you correctly. Many times, if we don't submit to the Holy Spirit's leading, we'll pray out of line with God's word. So the key is you have to pray in line with God's word, always, right? Accurate prayer, proper prayer, prayer that blesses, blesses God, prayer that he hears is prayed in line with the word of God, stirred and orchestrated by the spirit of God. So in other words, we have to stay in vital union with the Holy Spirit. It's of utmost importance. Why is that? Because you and I, we can't do anything apart from him, right? We can't unhook from him. The vine, right, must be connected to the branch, in other words, right? We have to have have that connection. It has to be there. See, any time we attempt to pray and he's not orchestrating it, we won't know what to pray. Right? The Bible is very clear. We don't know how to pray as we ought. So we have to stay in vital union so we can go from not knowing how to pray as we ought to always knowing how to pray. Right? It's so simple. I just follow his lead. No pressure. Right? I don't have the burden of the whole world on me because he's orchestrating it. Which means he's moving. I'm moving with him. We're going to see some big things happen, not because of me, but because he's moving. Amen? You're going to see in this, in this, we're at the end of this age. The church is about to get out of here. But I believe we're going to go out with a big bang. And it's going to be wonderful. And so get ready because he wants to teach you how to be stirred to pray in your life. He wants to flood you with how to pray for yourself, how to pray for others, how to pray for nations. He'll take you through everything. He will orchestrate that always. So here's what I mean by when we attempt to pray without the help of the Holy Spirit, we won't know how to pray. So this is is why. The Holy Spirit will search deep within our heart. He'll always search deep within our heart looking for the plan or the will of God for our life. Why does he do that? Because then he will come alongside us to help us pray out the plan so that we can walk out the plan. This is why we have to have his orchestrating. See, he will look down on, he's down on the inside. He knows the plan that God has for you. But what he needs to do is connect you with that. So what he'll do is he'll get the plan and then he'll come alongside and take hold together with you, right? So he takes hold together with you and what that feels like down on the inside is you're starting to be stirred to pray in an area, and you start to pray some things out so that you can walk it out. You're never going to walk anything out that you don't pray out. You're never going to birth anything outside that's not birthed inside first. Remember, you've heard me say this so much, for a Christian, our future is not in front of us. It is within us. I'm not trying to get God to do anything. I realize he's already done everything. So now it's just a matter of me laying hold of it. See, I don't decide what I do in my life. What I pray, what I do. I, what? Discover. How do I discover it? Alone? No. He's down on the inside of me, and he'll start stirring me, and he'll take hold together with me. And there will be scriptures there. And in those scriptures, it becomes a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And now I start praying out, whether I'm praying in my prayer language. A lot of times for me, I start out by praying in my prayer language, just stirring that up. I start out in worship many times and then go to that. And then pretty soon, I can feel it. Down on the inside of me, there's a connection. And all of a sudden, there will be a desire to pray for something. And so now I'm in faith because I'm flowing with Him. Listen, where, where He is, there is an environment of faith. And you lay hold of things. It's so real, it's so much more real than what you can see or touch. It's wonderful. We must learn to rely on the Holy Spirit instead of trying to direct our own path. We got to rely on the Holy Spirit to put us in a position so that now God is directing our paths, not us. Does that make sense? That I the seriousness of what i'm saying right now is everything and when when prayer when we talk about prayer we don't talk about this but in every one of your hearts this connects with you in your spirit you know that it's all about being connected with him it takes all the religion out of it that's proverbs right proverbs 3 verse 5 and 6 i trust in the lord with all my heart I don't lean, I don't rely on my own understanding, but in all my ways I acknowledge him and now what happens? He directs my paths. In other words, now he's down on the inside of me, he, he comes together with me, he locates the plan of God, he comes alongside me, we grab hold of that plan together and then he gives me what to pray out and I pray it out and then I'm walking it out. It's amazing. It's amazing. Because your path, is on the, it's out of the boat. It's walking on the water. We don't have faith events. We walk by faith. We live by faith. This is how we do it. Isn't that good? So let's jump over to John chapter 14. John chapter 14, verse 16. Hallelujah. Let's, now this is Jesus talking. The last time he's with his disciples before going to the cross, and he's telling them, guys, I'm leaving And where I'm going, you can't go right now. But don't worry, I'm going to send you another comforter. He's going to be just like me, but he'll abide with you forever. And he talks about what this comforter does. So it says here in John 14, 16, you guys doing okay? You're awfully quiet. I'd like to be more dynamic with this. I feel real dynamic. I've been crying all day today, so, uh, but it's just been wonderful. But I pray that you'll get some of this. So it says here in verse 16, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another Comforter. An alos is the Greek word. That means one of the same kind. One exactly like me. In other words, if you want to know how the Holy Spirit leads you, just read the Gospels at how Jesus led his disciples because the holy spirit is exactly like jesus i'm going to see the father's going to send you another comforter so let's look at this comforter it's the greek word para klitos it's a masculine noun okay masculine noun the word para it literally means i love this it means pressed into Man, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit just presses into you. You talk about a hugger. Man, he just grabs you and he just just wants to hold you all the time. He's para. He's pressed into you to where nothing can separate you from his love. That's what that's talking about. What can separate me from the love of God? Nothing, because the Holy Spirit's on the inside and he's pressed right into me. I mean, when he, see, like, I can hardly talk about this. See, he, he's pressed into my tear ducts all the time, <laughs> which does not make it real easy to preach. But thank God for meditation in the word. It just comes out of your spirit. But, so he's, it means pressed into. It, in other words, this Greek word para describes a position okay and then the next word Kletos it comes out of the word the root word is Kaleo and you gotta understand this part of this Parakletos word Kaleo it literally means the call or to call on someone you gotta understand that the Holy Spirit like like for me I have been called by God to pastor, to be an under-shepherd in the earth. In the same way, the Holy Spirit, the Father has called the Holy Spirit to be your helper. He's called to be with you. He's called to do all these things that we're going to talk about. There is a responsibility associated with with the call The Father has called the Holy Spirit to do what? To come alongside you. This word parakletos means one called alongside to help by taking hold together with you. That's what a comforter is. The word comforter also can be, the the meanings of this word, it means advocate. It means helper. It also means stand by. He's always going to stand. He's always standing by, ready to help. Right? This word can also be defined as a best friend. The Holy Spirit is your best friend. you got to look at him like that. What is a best friend? My wife is my best friend. Do you know... If everybody left me, she wouldn't. She's my best friend. It's the Holy Spirit. You can't do anything to cause him to leave you. Isn't that good news? It means personal advisor. Isn't that nice? You have a personal advisor that has been in every day of your whole life. He's there right now. Our, our, we're, we're so caught in the time, but he's in your tomorrow. He's going to see you through to the end of your course here and then stepping into eternity. He's going to see you all the way through eternity. Or I should say in eternity. You don't go through, right? It's never through. This Also, this word means instructor. He's going to instruct you how to pray. He's going to instruct you on what to say. He's going to instruct you on when to pray, on how to work your schedule out, how that during a busy season or whatever or a season of a lot of distractions, he will instruct you on how to keep everything fresh with him during that time. So I look to him for everything. He's my instructor. This word also can be translated mentor. He's not only my best friend, he's not only my God, he's my mentor. So what what does a mentor do? What's the goal of a mentor? Hey, I want you, I want to give you everything that I have. So that you can not only be what I am, but that you can go beyond that. Wow. Well, the Holy Spirit is your mentor. He wants to to give you everything. In other words, what is salvation? John 17, 3, that they might know him, the only true God, our Father, and his Son, Jesus Christ, whom he sent. Who's going to show us all that? The Holy Spirit. He's called to do that. Isn't that awesome? I love this last word. It could also be defined... As a coach. The Holy Spirit is your coach. See, the the word coach would actually describe the Holy Spirit's ministry in our lives. What does a coach do? A coach will teach you how to perfect that which you are doing. If you're a basketball coach, if you're a football coach, right? He will coach you exactly how to perfect what you're doing. He will coach you so that you get perfected in exactly how to pray in every situation that you will ever encounter in your life. Wow. What is your job with your coach? Your, coach is, your job with your coach is to simply cooperate with the coach, That's why in in Isaiah 119 it says if you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. In other words, just just cooperate with your coach. Notice it didn't say you have to know everything. You just got to cooperate with the coach. He already knows everything. So give yourself a break you don't have to know everything. But if you will cooperate with him, you will know everything that you'll ever need to know in every situation. Satan will never be able to sneak up on you. Notice your armor. There's no armor for the back. Because Satan can't sneak up on me. Oh man, weapons could be formed. They could come out. Whatever, but, but when they come out, the only thing I know is they'll come out one way, and, and I already know the way, against my mind, but they'll flee seven ways, yes. right? So see, he always keep you to where you know. The, actually, if you look at, if you do a study on spiritual warfare, which is literally, it, it's not fighting Satan because he's already defeated. It's, it's guarding your thought life. But there's a Greek word it literally means to survey the battlefield. What the Holy Spirit will do in every situation is lift you up so you see the whole battlefield. Oh, look at that. They're over here planning on going this way, and then they're going to come around this way, and then they're going to be right there. Great. You'll know all of it beforehand. Isn't that good news? It says here, and I will pray the Father, and he'll give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. See, he doesn't check into your life and then check out. He abides. That means he never leaves. So he's always there. Your helper, your coach, your mentor is always there. Isn't that good news? It says in verse 17, "...even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive..." because it sees him not, neither knows him, and then look at what it says, but you know him, for he dwells with you, and I love the way this is written, and shall be in you. Now that was written before Jesus went to the cross, so now he says he dwells with you, and he's in you right now. Isn't that awesome? So in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit dwelt in the temple only. We called it the Shekinah glory of God. It dwelt in the Holy of Holies. In the New Testament, the Holy of Holies is you. He dwells in your spirit. That same Shekinah glory is right in your spirit right now and will never leave. And he's called to help you, and he's pressed into you to where you can't divide him from you. Didn't it say that? That, that our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. I love that. So, in 2 Corinthians, I actually go there. Go to 2 Corinthians 13. 2 Corinthians 13. I hope that tonight you'll see him more not just as this orchestra director that's standing in front of a group of people, you'll see him one with you, intimate. He knows everything about you. He knows everything the enemy's tried to do to you and your whole lineage. He knows every attack that'll ever come against you. He knows all of this stuff, and he's here to help you. 2 Corinthians 13, verse 14. 2 Corinthians 13, 14. I love this. It says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. The grace of God, the love of God, but what we're focusing on tonight is the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you communion. we got to break this down a little bit. It's the Greek word koinonia. Now this will reveal how intimate this is. There's three aspects of koinonia if you ever study it. The first one is intimate fellowship. It literally denotes somebody who's been invited to be in the inner circle of someone's life. The Holy Spirit has invited you To be in his inner circle. Wow. You're not on the outside. You're on the inside. Right? The second aspect of koinonia, it deals with a partnership. It's one person walking in partnership with another. The Holy Spirit has partnered himself with you. He's invited you into his inner circle... He will tell you things that he will never speak to another human being about ever. It's it's amazing, but then he goes beyond that. Just that intimate fellowship—that's always the foundation. But then he partners with you. That means he has a stake in this. If you have a business and it's a partnership, if that business goes under, it's bad for both partners or however many partners. Well. He's not going under with you. He's going to see you through to the end. He's got ownership with you. But the third part of koinonia is a responsibility that comes. In other words, he not only invites you into his inner circle and partners with you, but he's responsible for you. The Holy Spirit Who is God has made himself responsible for you. And see, here's the thing if you don't let him in, he won't violate your will because God never goes back on his word. But oh, if you're not inviting him in, he's right there. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. That's not for unbelievers in the book of Revelation. He's standing on the heart of a believer. He's like, listen, he's like, Jeanette, I'm responsible for your whole life, for everything about it. I'm responsible for your whole prayer life, everything. So invite me in. Let me partner with you. Right? I I want you, I want to draw you into my inner circle so that you can know everything that I know. This is who he is. And the Holy Spirit because of this koinonia, realize, and I mentioned this earlier, he has a personality. And when he releases his emotions, it changes the environment. It, com- it completely changes the environment. And this is why he's not mad at you. Oh my gosh, if he got mad at you, we couldn't handle it. Because, I mean, I, I don't even want to be at that great white throne judgment 500,000 miles away looking at it when these people stand before God and have to be judged. Right? No, no, no. God never is mad at you. If he was mad at you, you would be freaked out beyond anything you could even imagine. But notice you've never been that way. Never. You know, when you mess up and you're at your worst... He's responsible for you. He's called to help you. He wants to instruct you and mentor you. He's not going to beat you up. That's why in James it says, God is the God who gives to all men liberally, and he upbraids not. In Acts 15.28, this is what Paul said. He said, For it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. It seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us. Notice they didn't say the Holy Ghost said or I got a word from God, listen to me. Why? It's because they were so in tune with him that they felt what he was feeling. It seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us. To not put any other burdens on you. See, this is what we talk about. You know, for us as charismatic Christians, we are one God set away from doing anything our flesh wants to do. And we got to get away from that. As you're led by the Holy Spirit, you not only know Him, but you feel how He feels. Now, I'm not talking about a natural feeling. It's you you sense it and feel it in your spirit which translates to outward emotions in you. Sometimes we get an idea like our emotions are bad. They're a bad guide. But they are to be a great motivator. Proverbs twenty twenty seven: The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord searching all the inward parts of the belly In other words, your spirit is where God's light of revelation come to you. To do what? To enlighten your spirit so that you can be guided into all the truth. God leads you by your spirit. God's higher ways and higher thoughts reside deep in the well of your spirit man where he is. God gives you his thoughts, okay? This is what he wants. He wants us to think his thoughts. God gives you his thoughts, but these thoughts have to be drawn out so that understanding and wisdom can rise out of our spirit and overcome natural knowledge that's trying to influence me to think wrong thoughts. Do you see that? The Holy Spirit wants to give you and lead you and guide you so that now he's helping you keep your mind right. In Psalm 119, verse 130, it says the entrance or the opening of his word, it brings light, right? It brings, it brings understanding to the simple. That means, that means this understanding, it brings discernment and perception to the simple. This is so important that we know this. Because as soon as revelation knowledge comes, as soon as light comes, something changes. I know how to pray. I know what to do. I'm no longer moved. Right? It changes us. There's a place in every faith battle where light comes and now you're speaking out of your heart. When light comes, it causes you to speak out of your heart. And the word of God that is down on the inside of you, that's coming out of your heart and out of your mouth, that always gets answered. Because that's faith. Right? This is huge. This is how the Holy Spirit stirs you to pray effectively. Always. So and that and as we said before the Holy Spirit what is who is he he's our supernatural helper he enables us to have a supernatural prayer life which causes us to have a supernatural life See we can't have Zoe life without having a supernatural helper that's going to help us right The Holy Spirit is our supernatural helper who always helps us receive the answers to all of our prayers. This is how it works. So now jump back to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. Hallelujah. We're kind of coming down for tonight. I was hoping to get a little further, but that's okay. I think we got the heart of this tonight. John 14, 26. Go right there. It says, but the comforter, and we already talked about who the comforter is, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. So he's going to teach you all things pertaining to having an effective prayer life, but he's also going to bring God's word to your remembrance for your individual prayer life, so that you'll always know what word to speak and pray in your prayer life, always. That's just what he does. Now go over to John 15, 26. It says says another aspect of his ministry. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceeds from the Father, what is he always going to do? He will testify of me, In other words, he will always speak the word. Your whole prayer life will be based on the word of God. An effective prayer life is you're praying the word of God as the Holy Spirit stirs you and orchestrates it. Right? John 16, verse 13. Jump over there. Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all the truth. Well, what is truth? John 17, 17, thy word is truth. He's going to testify of the truth. He's going to guide you into all the truth. And this word guide is the Greek word hodego. It's where we get our word tour guide from. A tour guide, if you went to the White House... And you had a tour, they will know everything about the White House. Why? Because they've been there, they've studied it, right? When we went to Israel, when we went to Greece and Turkey, we knew, I mean, go, go to Ephesus with, with uh, Rick Renner, oh my gosh, and Tony Cook. You know, they just know. Rick spent 30 days with the curator of Ephesus before he ever wrote his book on Ephesus, right? I mean, th- this guy... He knew everything about it. The Holy Spirit is God. He is all-knowing. He knows everything about everything that you'll ever face. And he's sent here to teach you and show you. I I love that. Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he'll guide you into all the truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak and will show you things to come. He will glorify me, Jesus said, For he shall receive of mine and show it unto you. Verse 15. All things that the Father has are mine, says Jesus. Therefore, said I, he shall take of mine and show it to you. In other words, the Holy Spirit who's on the inside of you, who's called to help you, knows all things. So there's nothing, you know how Satan will say, nobody can understand what you're going through because this is, no, 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 the Holy Spirit knows everything about it. I love that. Isn't that good news? This is why 1 John 5, 14 says, if we ask, and this is the confidence that we have in him, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we know that we have the petitions we've asked. I don't need to see anything. If I pray something according to his will, I know it. Mark 11:23, 23, right? Therefore, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. So when do I believe I receive? Right now. If he abides in me and my words abide, or if I abide in him and his words abide in me, I'll ask whatever I will and it'll be done. This the Holy Spirit orchestrates. This begging God, praying contrary to the will of God, all this stuff, it all goes out the window when we just humble ourselves and just submit to his leading in our life. And he will teach us all the principles of prayer, all the different, we're gonna go through the nine different types of prayer next week as we start talking about pr- how, to, how do I pray for my needs. Man, you'll leave next week going, oh yeah, that makes complete sense. And we need to know because when the enemy comes, he's a master deceiver. You could sit here and go, yell, scream, cause circumstances, do whatever you want, but you're defeated. I'm already victorious, and I already have. I'm not trying to get God to give me something. He's already given it to me, and now I know how to lay hold of it. Amen?